This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Interest rates on bank accounts and term deposits are low. And so, the option of bonus bonds being no longer available, how do you make your money work for you? I'm joined in her regular slot by financial author and journalist Mary Holm. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jessie. How bad is it for people out there who have always relied on getting a bit of a return from the bank? Yeah, look, it's it's not quite as bad as people realise, really, because inflation's so low as well. Um, but at the moment, inflation is 1.5%. And I was just looking, the, most of the bank term deposits of the big mainstream banks are lower than that now, um, but not much lower. Whereas, as I've often pointed out before, go back to the 70s and 80s, and while interest rates were really high, um, inflation was even higher. So, in fact, people were going backwards then. Their money was buying uh-huh. less and less, even though it was earning quite high interest, you know. But but nonetheless, um, the interest rates are pathetically low now and bonus bonds are no longer an option. Can I just say at the beginning, before I forget to mm. say it, saying it, we've had quite a few people sending in questions, which is great, but a lot of them are just way too long. You know, we've, we've uh, so if people can kind of stick to the main... <laughs> about, it's like I, being at one of those book events, Mary, where someone stands <laughs> up and starts rambling away. Yeah. You're like, get on with it. Yes, it can be like that. You know, so we've had a couple of people sending in, you know, lots and lots of details about their financial situation, and it just isn't really a goer on the radio. <laughs> so, um, it's just yes. so... Sp- everyone's situation is so specific, I suppose. But, of course um, it is. Yeah. Yes. yeah but so but you're getting the sense that a lot of people are unhappy. Absolutely, yes. People are really getting quite sort of desperate about about what they should do about the fact that they're earning so little. I think, have you got that, a letter from Sean there? That sort of I do. Little... He says, yeah. can you please ask why there's so much publicity towards the low lending rates and hardly any concern over deposit holders? I'm not retired by a long shot, but savings in the bank is important to us. We're asked to save more, so we do, but... On the other hand, they tell us to spend more. Well, Mary's covered that sort of uh, paradox a few months ago. But with low interest rates, how the heck do you expect people to spend more, particularly the elderly? Yes, and and as you say, we, we did talk before about how people are getting these mixed messages about getting out there and supporting local businesses and so on, but at the same time um, getting a rainy day fund and... You know, I mean, there's no and there's no right or wrong answer to that. But uh, he, uh, the, one of the interesting points Sean makes is is that there does often seem to be a lot more publicity about mortgage rates than there is about term deposit rates. Like when when in the past, when when mortgage rates have gone up, um, there've been newspaper headlines and radio bulletin headlines saying, "Oh gosh, you know." And mortgage rates have gone high, and they sort of forget that it's actually quite good for the people who've got term deposits mm-hmm. at that point. I, I think partly, possibly, because people in the media are more likely to, 
to be, to have mortgages than to have large banks. Right. So I think it's a bit of an ageist thing. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, at, at the same time, I think probably society should be more concerned about um, people with debt than people with savings, because people's debt are the ones who are struggling more, you know. And so, let's acknowledge that it's it's good for them at the moment. The house prices are ridiculously high, but at least mortgage rates are low. Mm-hmm. But but today we're looking more at the at the term deposits and what alternatives people can can use. And one that just struck me last night when I was writing about offset mortgages is this is something that people might want to think about doing. With an offset mortgage, you've got your mortgage in one bank account and then you've got other bank accounts that have your savings and and your regular spending money, that kind of thing, and and they get offset against the mortgage balance. So you're paying less interest on your mortgage because they subtract from your mortgage balance the balance in other accounts. And quite a few parents out there are... Instead of um, having just an ordinary bank account, they're using their bank account to offset their adult children's mortgages Um, because the banks, there are three banks that I know of that do these offset mortgages and they are Kiwi Bank, BNZ and Westpac and they all let the family put all their accounts in one big pool. And so if if you're someone with adult children who have got a mortgage or getting a mortgage and you're making very little in your bank deposits anyway, instead you can have them, if, if you're with one of those three banks, if their mortgage is with one of those three banks, you have an account there that earns zero interest. Um, but that doesn't make a heck of a lot of difference from 1% or whatever. Um, and, it, and it means that your children are paying less on their mortgage, if you mm, see what I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so a very that's, interesting and, and probably one that people haven't considered before. No, and, and you know, in some cases, it, of course, the, the children's mortgage won't be with one of those three banks, but they might even want to move to one of those banks to, to set that up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually planning to get back to the other big banks and say to them, why aren't you doing this? But, but as I say, Westpac, BNZ and... Uh, Kiwi Bank are doing that, so that's one option. For so, people. so just just to be clear, that there's no financial incentive to you to do that. It's just a way of helping out your family. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. You get zero interest on your money, mm-hmm. but it is quite a help for the young ones, and because they're paying, you know, it's still they're low interest rates, but they might be say four percent or something yeah. on their mortgage. Okay. And so all it, it's equivalent so in a way you're getting that return. In a way, the, the the whole family is the the kids yeah. are. It's get they're getting the equivalent of if they were paying four percent on their mortgage, then it's like the whole family's getting you know improving their wealth by this by that interest rate. If you see what I mean, mm-hmm. um, I didn't put that very well, did I? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Should we, we go into Bill's letter then, or are you, are you going to talk about um, some KiwiSaver options too? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's only that's obviously an option. That, you know, not everybody's got adult children with mortgages, yeah. or if they have, they might not particularly want to help them out. <laughs> Family situations vary. But um, the more obvious alternatives are um, low-risk uh, managed funds, whether they be a KiwiSaver fund 
or a non-KiwiSaver fund, the, the lowest risk ones, the very low risk ones are sometimes called cash funds because they take everybody's money and invest it in a pool that in turn invest in sort of term deposit-like products mm. that, but, but in a big way with you know big institutional people doing that. You're not going to get much more interest on a cash fund, but you, if you go up to a slightly riskier level and go into, say, a defensive KiwiSaver or non-KiwiSaver fund, then you're going to get a bit more interest and there's a little bit more risk, but not very much at that low level, that, that low level of risk. If you go into a conservative fund, which is the next level up, you're taking a bit more risk. And if you go into a balanced fund, more risk again, because with each of those steps up, more of the the fund is invested in shares or property or, you know, it's got, it's like a balanced fund's about half and half, about half yeah. the money is invested in, in shares and sometimes a bit of property and about half is invested in, in bonds and cash type products. And so, in other words, you can't get more return without taking more risk. That's always the case. And um, so people, but, but I'm just suggesting that people who are really unhappy with what they're getting in their bank might decide to take on a bit more risk and move into one of these lower risk funds. And I suppose it's a lot of people doing that that has sort of nudged the share market up around the world, right? It's, it's Look, people that's probably part of seeking it, yes. out a bit more risk. Yeah, yes, that, that's exactly right. Um, I think you've got a letter from Bill there, have you? Please ask Mary whether a couple, seven to ten years from retirement with no mortgage or other liabilities should consider placing a proportion of their bank term account savings into a balanced managed fund since bank interest rates are low and may likely go lower and conservative managed funds will have a correspondingly low return. Um, yeah, so Bill's saying conservative funds that have got a lower return, but they are sort of one level riskier than term deposits. So people have got to think, conservative, what um, in the, on the government websites on sorted and on smart money, which are the places people should go to get information about mm. these funds, they classify um, conservative funds as being between 10 and 35% risky assets. So Bill's saying conservative is pretty conservative, but it's not necessarily. It can be, you know, it can have a third of its money in shares, etc. Um, so you just want to have your eyes open and realise that if you're in these riskier funds, there's not, there's not a risk that you're going to permanently lose all your money, but it's going to be a more volatile return going through. So what I suggest to people is that they go and have a look on Smart Investor and they can look at KiwiSaver or non-KiwiSaver funds on there and and have a look at the different risk levels and go for, my usual thing, go for a low fee one at the risk level that you feel comfortable with. Um, yeah, the, the balanced funds, don't forget... You know, if we, if the share market goes down by 50%, which it's possible could happen, it has happened in the past, then if you're in a balanced fund and it's about half shares, then your fund's going to go down 25%. It'll, it'll come back up again, but it might take a while. So mm -hmm. just want people to not blunder into these riskier funds without realising what they're doing. 
There's okay. nothing wrong with those investments, but they will be more volatile. They'll give you more return yep. over the long term, but they are more volatile. It's not as and simple as... And when people as... are choosing between the KiwiSaver and the non-KiwiSaver, obviously, if you're over 65, these days you can be in either. And I would go with the KiwiSaver ones because they tend to be slightly better de- deals on fees, etc. If you're under 65, then you've got to think about the fact you're tying up your money in the KiwiSaver fund until you turn 65. So... So for um, those people, they might want to, under 65, might prefer to go for the non-KiwiSaver funds. Yeah. Let's go to Graham now, who says six months ago we sold our house and our new house won't be finished until November. After we've paid our deposit, we have approximately $350,000 sitting in the bank. In Mary's opinion, what's the best thing to do with the money for the next six months so we get the best return? Good question. Yes, it is. And, and I must say, he wrote a little while ago, so it's six months until November. So anyway, it's, yeah, if, if you've got money that you're tying up for only six months or less than a year or less than two years, really, Sorry, but you're just going to have to stick with bank term deposits. Mm. Or you could go into a cash fund, but you're probably not going to get much bigger return on that anyway. Um, one advantage of cash funds over term deposits is you can get access to the money pretty fast, though. It might take a day or two to get out, whereas with a term deposit you're tying it up. And if that matters to you, you could have a look at the at the low-risk cash fund. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but I would never, with money I need in the next couple of years, I would just Stick it in the bank and sorry about the interest. Okay. (laughs) Six months ago, no, that was great. Here's Ernest. I have a bank deposit of $200,000 maturing shortly and a further $250,000 a month later. I don't have KiwiSaver and I'm in my late 70s. Should I buy equities or shares or should I get a rental property? Yes, and Ernest worries me a bit because... He's got his money in, in bank term deposits and he's thinking of going into shares or a rental and they are way riskier. That's a huge that's sort of going from from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. You know, going from one one end of the risk level to well, not that shares and, and rental property aren't the highest risk investments around, but they're pretty volatile and rental properties you're probably going into a single property and, you know, that can go really well or it can go pretty badly. Um a share fund is is better than going into individual shares because you get the diversification in the share fund. Although with that amount of money, he could buy a whole lot of different shares. But I just want Ernest to realise mm-hmm. that he's, he is really moving to much, much riskier investments. I would recommend, he says he's not in KiwiSaver, but don't forget at any age now you can join. And I would suggest that's what he does, gets into a... KiwiSaver fund, that's a, a um, conservative or perhaps a balanced fund, unless he really is willing to suddenly take on a whole lot more risk than he has in the past. Yeah. A whole lot more volatility, I should say. Yeah. Great. That's the end of our uh, correspondence, I think. Ernest was the last one. I hope that Mary's advice has been useful to you. Mary, great topic. Thanks so much for your time today. It's a pleasure, Jess.